The camera is on. You have something you want to say, but the gremlins in your head are telling you to hide out instead. I'm Mindy Odlin, and today on the What If It All Goes Right podcast, how to put yourself out there confidently, joyfully, without all that self-judgment. So let's do this. This week, we are doing something new. So we are taking requests from you, members of our What If Up Club. The What If Up Club, if you're not familiar with it, we are a co-creative community of dreamers and visionaries and change agents. And you can learn more about us at whatifup.org. We have this online forum where you can post your goals and your intentions and your challenges and receive ideas and encouragement from our community. And this week, I'm excited to take it one step further. I have selected one of the requests from within our group, and I brought you an expert today to provide some really practical tools, some ideas, some great ideas to help you move forward. So my guest today, Brendan Kumarasamy is our guest today. And Brendan is the founder of Master Talk. And he coaches ambitious executives, entrepreneurs to become 1% communicators in their industry. And he also has a YouTube channel called Master Talk. Check it out. It's fantastic. His goal and his mission is to provide free access to communication tools for everyone in the world. Brendan, thank you so much for being here. Mendy, the pleasure is absolutely mine. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you here. So here's the request that was posted in our community. And this is from Joyful Genie. And what she asks is this. She says, what are your best tips for replacing self-judgment with something much nicer, especially when you're going to go on camera. So let me give you a little context for this. So in our community, we do uh, introductions. Sometimes we go live on Facebook. And for a lot of people, that brings up a lot of anxiety, a lot of self-judgment. What's what's the first thing that comes to mind for you when you hear this question? You, you know what I love about this community, Mendy, is, is we definitely share the same values. So let's start with the first thing, which I, I'm sure your community will appreciate, is I always begin with this question. And then let's get into the question that your 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 uh, the member in your community I asked is let's dream about our communication skills. You know, mm. the problem with communication is it's tied to negativity, stress, anxiety, not the best place to start. Because when we start from that energy, we don't get the results we're looking for. So here's a new question. How would your life change if you were an exceptional communicator, right? Spend a few minutes really reflecting on that question. Because right now, the, a lot of the mindset that we have is we see communication as a chore and nobody wants to get better at doing the dishes. So instead, (laughs) what we want to do is realize that communication is not just about presenting on camera. It's not just about being on a stage. It's every moment of our life. It's the way we talk to our family. It's the way we order food at a restaurant. It's the way that we meet strangers when we travel. And when we realize that communication is about leading a more fulfilling life, then we get excited to practice it. Yes. I love that. What if we shift the question? What if it's not about overcoming the judgment, but getting excited about what's possible when, when we do step into those, the skill set, such a, you know, a life skill, really, we're constantly communicating. I love that awareness. And I love that we are of like mind. It's it's so much fun to have you here. So for those who are like, yeah, 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 I get it. (laughs) And when I hit that button, when I hit, you know, go live, or when I hit record on my zoom, and I know it's being recorded, that there's just a trigger. I'm sure you see this with the people that you work with. And a lot of people experience that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I still want to monologue with the time. I want to do a little back and forth. That's why I bet you. But yes, you're absolutely right. Given that there's still people who have that anxiety. And trust me, let me start with me. I did too. 
because when I started, just so people understand this, I started master at the age of 22 in my mother's basement with no money, no budget, with a phone and a dream to make videos on communication and executive public speaking tips. And the reason I say this, like, who am I to do this? I have a bachelor's degree in accounting. I studied my whole life in French because I'm based in Montreal. So I didn't know the language. And I have a crooked left arm because of a surgery I had when I was younger. So who, who in the world am I to do any of this? So I, I definitely understand the, the empathy. Here's what I would do. I actually wouldn't say to post on social to record on Zoom. I actually have a very different perspective on this. I would say start from the beginning, which is make a list of five people you really appreciate in your life. People will pour into you. People are super generous with you. And ask yourself a very simple question. When was the last time you sent them a video message? Mm. Right? So it's not public. People aren't watching these videos, but to those people. And I would encourage everyone who's listening to this to start with that. Don't even worry about, you know, the Zoom call, the social media. I think the first one is rewiring our minds to think of communication as total impact. And I'll give you a quick story on this. So, so one of my guys, he manages a team of 40 employees. It's like a design company in New York. And I told him to send 40 video messages, one to every single person. I don't care if it's the janitor or the vice president, and he didn't want to do it. Not because he hated the people he worked with. He's, he's an amazing guy, but because of the judgment, because of all that stuff. And I kind of forced him to. And then he did. And the next morning, he woke up to 20 or 25 messages of people like crying, tears of joy, people saying, wow, I didn't even know you knew me. And it completely shifted his mindset around it. Wow. That gives me a little goosebumps just hearing that because that really is, to me, my shift. And I did Toastmasters and I used to make myself sick every time before I would talk, I would have my stomach would just be in knots. So I've been there too. And what I what shifted for me was that idea that when I'm nervous about me, it's usually because I'm worried about forgetting what I'm going to say. It's because I'm focused on me. And if I can access that appreciation for who I'm speaking to and really be there for them, then it shifts my energy. So I love that. It's a great practice is, you know, who could, who could I reach out to with a video message to practice? What a brilliant idea. So and to ha- jump on that, Mendy, yeah. if I could, let me give a personal example. Why did yeah. I press record? right? Because you said it so well, it's the why the person behind us, right? Mm -hmm. It wasn't for the executive. Obviously, my clients pay my bills now, which is cool. But the reason I started MasterTalk was for the 15-year-old girl who couldn't afford a communication coach. Mm -hmm. And this is something my coach teaches me a lot is, are we making an excuse to do something or not do it? I had every excuse in the book not to do it. I can wait until I'm 30 and I have a mortgage. I can wait until all this. But then I said, wait a second, can that 15-year-old girl relate to anyone else besides me? Because I was young enough where she could relate to me, but I was also mature enough where I could share information on the subject because I had a lot of expertise built up. And I realized that I was the only human being on earth who could actually do this and pull Mm -hmm. this off. So it was either I posted the videos or nobody else does. So this is what I encourage your viewers to think about is start making excuses to do something rather than nothing. Oh, so, so good. I know I've had that voice in my head where I'm like, why doesn't somebody do something about that thing? And then realizing that that's the nudge, that's the tap that says, no, that's yours to do. (laughs) That's yours to do. So yeah. So if you're feeling that nudge, this is a, this is a challenge day to, to, to reach out to that one person, that 40 people, that's pretty bold. 
but that's life-changing. That's transformational. How did you get started in this? What is it that brought your heart to this particular message? <laughs> you know, I, I wish it was as uh, as philanthropic as you just mentioned. <laughs> what brought my heart to this? Let me give you the honest answer. Yeah. I, I was I went to business school, Mendy, and my goal was never to be an entrepreneur. I didn't even know coaching was a profession because I didn't come from a lot of money. My parents were factory workers. So for me, the goal was to, to be an executive at a Fortune 500 company because that was the way out for most of us, mm-hmm. right? When my parents immigrated from Sri Lanka to, to Canada, which for me was kind of my golden ticket. So I worked really hard in school. I got amazing grades and I found out about these things called case competitions when I was in college. Think of it like professional sports, but for nerds. So what, <laughs> yes. It's like the only way to explain this. So other guys my age were playing like basketball or rugby or baseball or some other thing you probably wouldn't see me playing. I was doing presentations competitively, but the goal behind those competitions was to get a corporate job because a lot of these executives, they hire out of these, these universities. So I competed a lot and then I got an, I developed an unhealthy obsession with these things. And as I got older, I started coaching the students almost accidentally because I wanted them to do well at these competitions too. And that led to a skill acquisition and coaching other people how to speak. So when I got my great job, I worked at IBM for a few years. I had the idea for MasterTalk before I started working there because I realized that everything I was sharing with the students wasn't available online for free. And that's what prompted the channel. But I never thought it would turn to what it is today. I I love it. Well, to be totally honest, my... Uh, embarking on, I was a radio DJ in college. And the reason no I did way, it was just cool. to meet the guys. Cause the guys at the radio station were super cute. <laughs> <laughs> Rock on. I, I... So, you know, the rest is, is history. So, um, so in terms of like specific strategies, tips that we can like, okay, what can I practice? What can I do to become a better, stronger communicator? What would you say is top one or two tips? Absolutely. I call this my easy threes, Mindy. Yeah. So one of them we already talked about, which is the video messages. I encourage people to do this. Or if you're a business owner, do this with your existing clients. My God, it's a game changer. I'm still to this day, the only person that sends them video messages, like almost exclusively, which means you're always top of mind for them. But do it also out of love, just the clients as well, they appreciate it. But just your family members, it really makes their day. That's number one doesn't take that long. 20 second video message. Hey, Mendy, thinking about you. Love the work that you do. Have a wonderful week. It's easy. It's simple. Number one. Number two is an exercise I call the random word exercise. So essentially what it is, is you pick a word like book, like tree, like forest, and you create random presentations out of thin air. So why is this exercise effective? What I always tell people is if you can make sense out of nonsense, you can make sense out of anything. So do this a few times a day. I always recommend doing this to your family, nieces, nephews, people around you. So you're held accountable and kids usually do it better than adults. So it's, it kind of makes you feel embarrassed as well. So that's number two. And then finally, number three is the question drill. We get asked questions all the time in our lives, Mindy, whether it's our families, did you take out the trash? Whether it's our work, people asking us about our business, but a lot of us are reactive to those questions. We're not proactive. So what I encourage people to think about, Mendy, is every day for only five minutes, that's it. Write down one of the questions you think the world will ask you about your expertise or a podcast or something and write out the answer to it. But if you do one question a day for five minutes for a year, you'll have answered 365 questions about your expertise and you'll be unbeatable. 
Wow. That is a really fabulous, fabulous, fabulous ideas. Let's say that millions of people around the world, that 15-year-old girl and all her friends and all her connections and all the execs and everyone, let's say everyone is doing this. Like we are empowered. We we are confident in our speaking. We speak powerfully and succinctly and all these wonderful things. What changes in the world? What is your vision for what's possible through this work? Beautiful, beautiful question, Mindy. So, so I'll, I'll tell you the story that I always, I always like to say. So I was, I was watching a TikTok the other day and the TikTok was about Taylor Swift. So the TikTok starts, she wins Woman of the Year in 2014's award that Billboard gives every, it's like a music company. And she says something really interesting towards the end of her speech. She says, your next Woman of the Year is 11 years old right now. She's sitting in a choir. She's learning piano for the first time. She has big dreams to be a singer and we need to take care of her. And then what happens is the, the TikTok kind of flips and it's seven years later. And Billie Eilish wins Women of the Year by Billboard. She's like the youngest inductee in the history of Billboard. She's 17 years old. She gets up on the stage. She has big glasses, big outfit. And she goes, oh, my God, like every single speech is so long. And then she ends her, her award speech by saying, you know, in 2014, Taylor Swift was talking about how, like, you know, like your next Woman of the Year is 11 years old. And I was that girl. Right. I was learning piano the first time I was in choir. So the only thing I have left to say, Billboard, is thank you for taking care of me. And when I heard that, I thought about the next Elon Musk, Mendy, because when Elon Musk was 15 years old, nobody really cared about him. No one's really spending any time with him because he hasn't won yet. He didn't get his exits. He didn't make his money. And I thought about the 15 year old girl right now as we're talking that I don't know. Nobody can identify. And I said, who's helping her? Because it might be uh, it might be someone in like Cambodia or something. So my vision for the world is if I could democratize communication, become the next Dale Carnegie for this technological area, because I have all the tools now to scale this out. It means every genius in our society, every Elon will be an exceptional communicator and the human race would advance at lightning speed. Wow. So you are totally a what if upper, aren't you? <laughs> what if That's it right. all goes right? I see it. I see it. So one of the things that we do in our community is we what if up. And for those of you that are new to the podcast, that's taking a vision and saying what if in a way that creates positive possibilities. So I want to do a shout out because I know Joyful Jeannie from her post, she had lots of really wonderful ideas. I want to share a couple of them and then I'll, I'll toss it over to you, Brendan, to see what additional what if she might have for our Joyful Jeannie here. So again, her request was, what are your best tips for replacing self-judgment with something much nicer, especially when you're going to go on camera. Well, I want to do a shout out to Robin Hackett. Robin is a singer songwriter, amazing performer out in Texas coming. Um, you know, she's hopefully going to come visit me in New York sometime soon. Uh, and she says, what if you focus in on what's good and what is beautiful about you? What if you find the beauty in what you're doing, you are inspiring and uplifting others and let that be your only focus. So I love that. What if you, you just acknowledge the good and the beauty that is within you? Diana, who is a minister out in um, Kansas, in Kansas City, Missouri area, uh, says, what if we all remember to connect from our hearts, not our appearance or attempt at perfection? What if we can let go of that need to have it be absolutely perfect and just allow ourselves to express from the heart? What comes up for you? What are some possibilities that pop up for you, Brendan? I would say 
what if we all had the ability to communicate our unique essence to the world in a way where we didn't care about what other people thought of that essence? That's probably what comes up to me. Yes. What if the message that's yours to give, you give it just because it's yours to give? And what if that is enough? I love it. So, Brenda, this has been so much fun. I love what you're doing, and I want to just soak it all up myself. It's so good. So I know you offer a free class. Uh, tell us a little bit about more. Uh, how can people work with you? How can we learn more about what you do? Absolutely, man. This is a fantastic episode. Thanks so much for having me. Really made it, – it's a great start to my day. I was like, yes, let's go. Awesome. <laughs> Yeah, so, so I'm happy, happy to share that and also give you a closing quote that I think will really inspire your community. And I got this from Ali Gadet. And he says this, if you help one person, the world will give you permission to help everyone else. So when I started Master Talk, it wasn't about whatever the count is now, but it was really about the seven people, the 10 people that were in that university that I knew I couldn't, I didn't have the time to coach anymore because I was going to work at a corporate job. Focus on that small group. Seth Godin refers to this as the smallest viable audience. Focus on the smallest group of people who really believe in what you do. And trust me, if you deliver great work for them, which I'm sure you will, the world will give you permission to help everyone else in the world. So that's my closing remark. In terms of how to keep in touch, yeah, two ways to keep in touch. The first one is the YouTube channel. Just type Master Talk in one word. You'll have access to hundreds of free videos on how to communicate ideas. And the second one is a free training I do every few weeks over Zoom. It's fun. It's live. It's interactive. And of course, it's on communication. So if you want to attend that, you just got to register at rockstarcommunicator.com. Love it. And I'm going to put all those resources down in the comments in the description so that you can follow through. Brenda, thank you so much for being here. It's just a joy to be with you. And I appreciate all these tips, all these tools and the vision that uh, hopefully we can be a part of creating that with you. Uh, thanks to you being here on our podcast. Likewise. Thank you everyone for tuning in. See you next time on What If It All Goes Right. <laughs>